We've been starting a devotional series and a series of messages called Receiving the Ministry of Jesus. Would you say that? Receiving the Ministry of Jesus. When I was first thinking about it, I was, had, came up with the idea of the powerful ministry of Jesus. And I was riding along in the car and uh, the Lord whispered to me, he said, how about receiving instead of... So, so what we want to do is build faith in our hearts because what he did then, he'll do now. And now this message is entitled, uh, For You, In You. Let's go ahead and put it. For You, In You, and Through You. Let's receive the ministry of Jesus for us. Everybody say, for us. We're going to receive it in us. In us. And we will receive it, throw it flowing through us. And what the Lord does is every single thing that He does in you, every single thing that He does in you, He gives a life dynamic, a power, a testimony, a word. Whatever He's doing in you, when you share that, the Holy Spirit will take that and minister that into somebody else's heart. And they'll get the hope that you have because of what Jesus did in you. Now, it was hidden a long time, Paul said in Ephesians 3. There was a mystery that was hidden for years and years and years. And then, then suddenly the Lord came and all this change happened. And it was all wrapped up in who he was. And I wanted to notice with me, 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah was moved upon by the Holy Spirit to prophesy what Jesus would do for us. And in Second Peter 1, 20 and 21, it says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. Let's go to, um, to Isaiah 53. So I want to look at this passage, Isaiah 53, and I'm going to just walk through it with you. There's only 12 verses in it, but we're going to, here's what happened. Before any, wait, 700 years, 700 years, there was no concept of a Roman crucifixion at that time. And somehow the Holy Spirit puts this, articulates these words, and Isaiah writes them down. And it prophetically shows what Jesus is going to do for us. I'm going to read through it pretty quick. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We're going to get to that in a little bit. We turned our backs on him and he looked and looked the other way, and he was despised, and we did not care. Yet, it was our weakness he carried. Everybody say that. Yet, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. I want to tell you right here, there's nothing that you have felt, we'll get to this more later, but there's nothing that you've ever felt of pain, sorrow in your heart that he hasn't registered in his. This is our reality. And we thought the troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, and he was beaten so we should be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. Look at how, how do they know this? By the Spirit of the Lord, 700 years before Jesus, he's even taken up to be crucified. This is all being declared. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away, and we have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like the lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep, a silent 
before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short midstream, but he was struck down from rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, and he was buried like a criminal, was put in a rich man's grave. So you knew, did that all happen? We're coming up upon a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at Good Friday. All this stuff happened. It was the Lord's good plan. Let's see when I just read that. Let's see, the Lord's good plan. Uh, the, the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Now see, this is, you look at this and go, whoa, you know, if you're, if you're wounded inside, you don't understand this. But here's the point. The things that came to crush you, Jesus came to carry. The things that came to harm you, he felt the harm of that. It's on him. He can exchange that. He can take that from you. Let's praise the Lord. He, there's no, no sadness that he can't bear. There's nothing that he can't empty out your heart to him and him take care of it. It's, he's, he's a joyful Savior. He carried all this. When his life was made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Hallelujah. This, are you one of them? He will, in, we will, he will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Just look at somebody and say, that's you, baby. That's you, baby. And I will give them the honors of a victorious warrior because he exposed himself to death. He is counted among the rebels, for he bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. He was put in our place and interceded for us. So I want to put the next slide up. Substitutionary atonement. Would you just say that out loud? Substitutionary atonement. Once again, substitutionary atonement. Atonement means that you make up for something that you did that was bad. Jesus made up for it. The reconciliation of God and humankind through Jesus Christ. So Jesus suffered and died in our place, then rose from the dead and put his spirit of eternal life within all who put their faith in him. So let's look what he did for us. And Jesus is declaring this in John 3, 14 and 16. He declares, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, what was the deal with the Moses lifting up a serpent? Numbers 21, 8 and 9 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Now look, here's what's going on. The people had been very disobedient, and of course, sin has its consequences, and these poisonous snakes came into the camp. So now people are getting bitten by these snakes. And the Lord says, I want to stop, put a stop to that. And he, tells, he says, this is how he stops it. He says to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on the pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze servant and set it on the pole. And if a servant bit anyone, he would look at the bronze servant and live. And Jesus said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like that. How many has been poisoned by their sin? How many How many been bit? How many has had struggles? How many have stuff going in you you wish you wouldn't? How many have been sick? How many have been sick hearted? Heart sick? How many have been wounded? How many, have been, how many were deceived and put faith in somebody and it didn't work out and your heart got broken? 
How many of you have put unmet expectations have damaged something inside? Poisoned by life. Poisoned by, by these things. And what he says is, I'm going to be over here. And if you look over here, I'm going to release life to you. Because we come to the foot of the cross. We come to Jesus and the dynamic power of Jesus Christ. I want to exalt Jesus in this house. I want to reveal who he is. When I receive a revelation of who Jesus is, I want you to receive it. Changes happen in our hearts when we capture in our spirit who Jesus is. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord just for a moment. Say, Lord, increase my understanding of who you are. Help me know you in a more deep and intimate way. I want to follow hard after you. I want to experience the things that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. Joys unspeakable and full of glory, he says. I've had those moments. I remember I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, show me some of the times when you were in my life before I knew you. And I was taken back to a little memory where I was with a little on a school bus and we went to a zoo and I remember getting back on the bus and we all opened up our little bags with our little sandwiches and stuff and I was sitting there and I felt a literal sense of bliss. I don't know if it was the way that the, the mayonnaise and the bologna melted into the bread. I don't know if that was it, but there was something about the the presence, I didn't know that. I said I didn't have the words for the presence of God. I didn't have that. But we had just seen all these quote-unquote exotic animals for a little guy. Oh, I saw lions and tigers and bears. You know, I saw, I saw stuff and exotic birds. And my heart was filled and I, I looked at all that. And the Lord, I bet you if you do this, you say, show me sometimes when you entered my life before I knew you. And he took me back to being on the bus. And I knew that I was loved by someone greater than my mommy. Even though that was plenty at the time. The Lord poured something into me on that day. He revealed something of his heart to me. And if you go back to your little memory lane and say, Lord, show me. You might have a, just a moment somewhere where suddenly there's something so powerful, so precious. Before you even knew him, he was revealing his heart to you. By the way, this whole thing about putting the serpent up, this is the verses right before verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only... Let's read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then he says in the next verse 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sin condemns. Jesus doesn't. Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit rings conviction. Conviction never pushes you down. Conviction causes you to come out. Conviction helps you to get out of the box. Condemnation is says what you are is wrong. Your whole life is messed up. You just should be ashamed of yourself. This uh, condemnation just comes over you. Conviction is See this little area right here? Lift up your chin. I want to remove that from you so you can see me better. Conviction is releasing you into the capacity to be in fellowship with God. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. So I want us to declare something. Go ahead and put the next one. Let's declare this together. Let's read it first. So Lord, I thank you that you gave your life for me. I receive all you've done for me. Ready? Lord, I thank you that you gave your life for me. I receive all you've done for me. Let's do it again. Lord, I thank you that you gave your life for me. I receive all you've done for me. Let's say that part again. I receive all you've done for me. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus did all this for you so that he could work in you. Jesus did it for you so he could work in you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God, this is a new living translation. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. That is so important in today's world. You cannot imagine how many people think that if they live good enough, they'll go to heaven. It is a deceptive, confusing lie. It's like, I've said this a hundred times, but it's like you trying to swim to Hawaii. You might be a good swimmer, but you're not going to make it. It doesn't matter how morally pure you are. Jesus died. All of it, here's the point. All of our righteousness, the Bible teaches, is filthy rags. All of it. Have yourself ever. Now, after you've come to the Lord, see, the point is you don't have the motivation to be pleasing to God by doing good. Jesus has already pleased the Father. He's already pleased the Father. So now he says, I'm going to take, I'm going to, we're going to do a swap. I'm going to take your horrible report card. And we're going to swap. I'm going to give you my report card. And that's how we're going to start. And I'm going to look at you the way I look at my son. I'm just going to love you to the depth and core of who you are. On the basis of what Jesus has done. Because he's carried all of your sins to the cross. Therefore, we add nothing to what Jesus has done for our salvation, we only receive all that He has done for us by faith in Him. When we partner with Him and lay hold of what He has done for us, we are transformed into His likeness. Now, there is, in salvation in Christ, there's many different descriptive words. And what I did is I just kind of took some of these words and I put my own little experiential definitions to it. This is not like a big theological thing, but this is how I feel about it. Redemption. Christ paid our sin debt and bought us. Is that pretty much it? It's a holy swaps, Batman. You and I had no ability to save ourselves. Here's forgiveness. Our sins are forgiven in total by the blood. Washed away. Cleansing. We are washed by the spirit of regeneration, removing guilt and shame. Next slide. Reconciliation. We're placed in right standing with Father God as His children through the redemptive work of Christ. Restoration. Our hearts, our souls, minds, wills, and emotions, and bodies are renewed and made new. Deliverance. Becoming unstuck from sinful habits and demonic torment. And our last two, sanctification. Each place in us 
including all of our longings, are set apart for the Lord. And consecration, keeping everything in God's hands. So therefore, substitutionary atonement is not only what God did for us, but also how he works in us. I want to look at, we're going to look at something in a minute, but the first scripture we're going to just take a peek at is Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Can we read that together? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let's go to the blank screen for a minute. Uh, I want us to look at uh, how this works for just a minute. Uh, Jesus came and there was this man and he was uh, demonized really, really bad. He had a lot of uh, demonic power. And and I, I was intrigued by this whole concept of substitutionary atonement. How in the world can Jesus come and minister to the deep hurts and pains of your life? How can he do that? How does he pull that off? And the fact of the matter is he was tempted in everywhere like you. He was all, all this stuff happened to him and he can sympathize very deeply. So this demoniac didn't have any clothes on. So I'm looking at this. Okay, this guy's completely naked and he's out there in the tombs. How does Jesus relate to this? And Jesus went to the cross and for our sake they put a loincloth on him. But that wasn't there. When he was crucified, he was naked. And so what's that mean? If you've ever suffered embarrassment in any way and felt stripped of your dignity by someone or felt ashamed of yourself or done something to dishonor yourself or your family, Jesus was stripped of his dignity in public and he has borne your shame and he can give you back your value and self-worth and dignity. Hallelujah. Suffers he, his, his substitutionary atonement. The man was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. Hmm. Jesus was kept under guard and bound and led to his death. If your sin has become a guard over your life, how many of you know that can happen? And bound you, and if your sin has made you a slave to itself, how many of you know that can happen? And kept you bound. Jesus was bound and led to death that the sin would bring, that sin would bring to you because he, he was bound in your place and he has the right to free you from the chains and shackles of sin and the devil because he was shackled and he, was, he entered into the very heart pain of your life. The demonized man was uh, cut himself with stones and I know some kids that have cut themselves and think, guess what? Jesus can relate to that level of pain. Because he was whipped at the whipping post. And there was little pieces of metal and stone. And they whipped him. And he was cut with stones. If you're abused. Or if you have abused yourself in any way. Jesus has the authority to deliver you. Because he was abused in your place. Jesus was beaten in your place. Jesus was bruised in your place. Jesus was cut in your place. He was... He will free you from every form of abuse, including self-abuse. And I know that. Hallelujah. How many of you have been freed by the Lord over that realm of your life? Oh man, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. The demonized man cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you not to torment me. 
Now, this is a guy that was deeply, deeply tormented and very, very alone on the inside. And Jesus can relate to that because Jesus was on the cross. And Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He has that place of separation. So if you've ever been tormented by loneliness, this is so important today. If you've ever been tormented by depression and feel that God is punishing you, Jesus has felt your deepest loneliness and separation from God and bore the weight of what torments you so that he can lift the shame and torment of sin right off of you. So you do not have to feel alone or separated from God anymore. It is the demons that understood that Jesus was the son of the most high. It was the demons that begged Jesus not to torment him. He can deal with anything. Amen. How many of you had some little voices and uh, they're gone now? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hey, let's get real. And lastly, Jesus was, excuse me, the, tor- the, the man was tormented by evil spirits. Jesus was mocked and slapped and spit upon. Some of his beard was pulled out by the evil Roman soldiers. Even then, they pushed the crown of thorns down into his skull, so Jesus was tormented. This is beautiful understanding here. If you've been tormented by people rejecting you or possibly rejecting yourself because of your failures and the accusations of the devil, Jesus bore the rejection of men and the devil to free you from the prison of self-hatred and the prison of torment. And I believe every person that has ever experienced any kind of torment from the devil, that Jesus will lay hold of that in your life and deal with that because he felt it. He entered into the depth of it. I remember, uh, I shared this last week, but I, I was just amazed at how, well, let me, I won't tell that story, but I just amazed so many times of how when we're pr- praying for somebody and how Jesus enters into the situation. Isn't it wonderful? And he enters into the situation, and he's there. And something of the weight and the pain and the hurt and the rejection and the arrow that went in your heart, all of that is removed because Jesus has substitutionary atonement. That what he did for you, now he steps into a deep place and does it in you. And frees you from the... So receiving the ministry of Jesus doesn't just start with coming to know Him as Savior. You come to know Him in these deep ways that He partners with you in life. And He walks through life with you. And when you step in something, He washes your feet off. Come on, how many of you know that? And when you've done something... How many have had, had the Lord forgive you for saying stuff? How many have you... Death and life in the power of... <laughs> I feel like, you know, come on. Oh, I have sinned. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Hey, aren't you glad he washes it away? He washes it away. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you just gone into a room and just go, you just kind of, and you get real intense, you know? I remember being taught this, and I tried it one time, and they said, if you've done, if you kind of like verbally puked in the room, and said a bunch of negative things, and there's this agitated spirit in the room because of what you've done, you can go back in the room and say you did that at a a level seven. You can go back in the room at a level eight and declare, Jesus, you're Lord of all over this room. And every word that I spoke, we rebuke it and cleanse it in the name of Jesus. And God will take and put peace back in the room. 
I just love him for that stuff because it's a spiritual God that we serve and he understands the realm of the spirit and he knows how vulnerable and weak and frail you are and he gives this little guy the name of Jesus to wield like a sword in the realm of our life. And things change because we are given this precious, precious authority and we don't even know what we're doing half the time. But he comes and he releases Battles against us and all kinds of things are changed because a simple submission to him. Let's just worship him a little bit more. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I was 17 years old and I was laying in bed. 17 years old, 1972. I came to know the Lord in 72. Yes, I'm 68 years old. Okay. I've been saved about 51 years or so. And I was laying there in bed and I was reading... Pilgrim's Progress. And it, I sat there, and I came upon this place where Prudence asks a question of Christian. It's in the potter's house, and there's several questions. Charity asks some questions, and then Prudence. And Prudence asks this question, and she says, let me... One, <laughs> I'm going to maybe fight to get through this. But this was a moment after I came to the Lord where the Lord took His relationship with me and He established something so deep inside of me that He marked something so deep inside of me that I changed that day. It was a radical moment of being transformed by the Holy Spirit speaking through this, by the way, the Pilgrim's Progress was the second most published book for years and years and years after the Bible. So it was read everywhere. It was written by um, John Bunyan, who was actually locked up in jail for 17 years for preaching the gospel in the streets of London. And when he came out of there, he had this manuscript. And that's where it came from. And he says, so help me, Jesus. Gosh, what, it, what is it, and what is it that makes you so desirous to go to Mount Zion? Why? It is there that I hope to see him alive, that did hang dead on the cross. And there I hope to be rid of all those things that to this day are in me, an annoyance to me. There they say, there is no death, and I shall dwell with such company that I like the best. Could you just, if, we're going to read some more, but just lift your hands. Because one day you're going to be in the company that you like the best. And there's no death and weeping and mourning and no sorrow. Because Father God has come Himself and wiped your eyes and brought healing to you and blessed you. And you will be in the place that you're designed to be for. And thank you, Lord. Next, for, he says, continues, for to tell you the truth, I love Him because I was by Him eased of my burden and I'm weary of my inward sickness. 
And I would fain be where I shall die no more. And with the company that shall continually cry, Holy, Holy, Holy. Let's, let's declare together next slide. Lord, I thank you that you work within me to make me like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Point number three is really short. Somebody say, praise God. Okay, we're... And what the Lord works in you, he flows through you. And there's two scriptures, and then we'll have a declaration, and then we'll be done. Luke 22, 31-32. This is after, this is kind of heading toward, you know, Jesus is giving Simon a warning. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. Boy, I bet you he liked that next part. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter was full of pride. He was really deeply insecure. How many pretty much deeply insecure folks as I often say, you're not the first basket case that Jesus has ever encountered. We come so blind to all that we bring. We think we're going to serve God like Peter. He finds out he doesn't have anything going for him. In fact, when the going gets tough, he just leaves. He wants to quit everything. He's sifted, but then on the day of Pentecost, after he's been redeemed at the shore, Jesus does, the, you know, he, he denies the Jesus three times, and then three times he has him break the, that curse. I'm not going into the whole story, but here's just a simple point here. What he does in him, he does through him. When he, read, he says, when you're done, I'm going to cause you to have a strength to impart to others. When you're going through the deep trial, I'm going to give you ability to impart what I've done in you to someone else. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, it says it this way. Would you read this with me? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Just look at the person next to you and say, hey baby, pass it on. I want to, before our declaration, I want to go to this last little uh, C.S. Lewis quote. I must keep, this is C.S. Lewis, and I really appreciate C.S. Lewis. He says, I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find until after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and help others do the same. Let's stand together.
We're going to declare the last one. Ready? Lord, I thank you that you work within me to flow your life through me. Say it again. Lord, I thank you that you work within me to flow your life through me. Let's uh, once again just honor the Lord together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this, this deep imparting sense of your presence today, a sense of security that has come to our hearts because of the very person of Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that you have done for us. If You know what? I have a sense that um, just right now there's a person or two and you just want to say, I want to surrender my life afresh. Just acknowledge that before the Lord. Just tell the Lord, I'm yours. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Go ahead and say that. I surrender to you, Lord. It's almost like uh, you walk in and you realize the Bible's been over there and hadn't been opened for a while. It's got dust on it. The Lord says, I want to meet with you. Let's go wipe the dust off. Let's crack it open. I want to speak to you. I want to revive you. I want to do some special things down inside. You're going to hear me like you've never heard me before because you now know that it's not based on everything you do. It's based on what I've done for you. And he wants to get break the grip of self-performance and release you into his deep love for you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and have those who are going to pray. Come on up. If you have... Uh, does, if you if you don't know the Lord, if you know if you don't really know Him, we want to pray with you to receive Him. And if you have other things in your heart that you'd just like some agreeing prayer with, even though we prayed earlier to get today, we have those as we we're going to dismiss here just in a moment. Man, my heart is full. I just appreciate so much the the love of the Lord in this place, don't you? Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love on each other, church. You're dismissed. Praise you, Jesus.